You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Every single offensive player told me he was very, very good with his communication, snap counts, cadence, all the things. Sometimes you're a little, uh, you know, you, you give a second thought to that maybe you don't normally when uh, when Kirk's in there. But uh, I thought Jaron was incredibly cool, calm, and collected. And um, we'll definitely talk about what the best thing is moving forward. But it's going to take our entire football team to rally around Kirk, just like we've had to do around Justin and Marcus and you know some of the other things that happened early on in the season. Uh, but that's exactly what we'll do. Uh, we do not know any other way. And welcome in to this live edition of Purple Daily presented by Quick Trip on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. You can also find this show, Apple, Spotify, anywhere you find podcasts, scorenorth.com. We appreciate you guys jumping in here if you're consuming this live and making it one of the most popular football podcasts in America over the past year and a half. And boy, do we have a lot to dissect on this Monday morning, gentlemen. Wow. This is this. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be, I, I mean, so imagine what we're trying to do on a show talking about this team and yeah. then take that to Egan, where you actually have people who are deciding the future of this team this morning who within, yeah, within what now 24 hours as of 3 PM central, when the trade deadline hits have to make decisions that are going to impact the future of this team in potentially right. a huge way. Dude, we're just yeah. like three idiot walking billboards, just kind of, all right, yeah. what, what would we do here with very little at stake if we're wrong? And these guys, like, not fantasy football, not just doing a podcast or a radio show, have to decide, do we bring in another quarterback? Do we trade for another quarterback? How much draft capital do we pump into this year's team trying to make it better and keep it going after they've won three straight games? Do we <laughs> sell off pieces despite the three-game winning streak because Kirk Cousins is out? You know, all these things are going to, and the trade deadline is Halloween tomorrow afternoon. So when you say 24 hours, that is not an exaggeration. This is a series of big boy conversations between ownership and Quasey and Kevin O'Connell and um, the rest of the front office here over the next few days. We're going to try and parse some of it apart here on this show this morning. And the thing about this too is, and I was, after we got done doing Ventline yesterday, I was thinking about this last night as well. In some ways, you got to sort of take a step back for a second because it's overwhelming. It's an overwhelming question of because this team pulled itself to, to four and four. I thought uh, what they did put online of Kevin O'Connell's postgame speech in the locker room was so interesting because it, I think it basically reflected the mood of the entire fan base probably at this point. Which was, you know, he's trying to be, you know, we're four and four. We got, we've, oh, we're two and zero oh in the division. All of this is great, and then, but yet, it was the least dynamic speech I've heard him give because you're not yeah. going to be super excited. And so, yeah, this is this is an. Oh, I, I think anyone involved or who cares about this team, this is an overwhelming day uh, because you're four and four. The division, you know, if the if Detroit gets upset tonight, you're within a game of the division lead, and yet there are just so many things here now at work, including one very important question. 
who's your quarterback? Yeah. And by the way, if this if the playoffs started today, even though you're not leading your division, you are in the seven seed slot right now. And yep. I think it was like a four or five way tie going into the week, and some of those other teams lost. So you're you are literally sitting in playoff position right now. And you've got you've got Justin Jefferson coming back probably in the next what two to three weeks. So there's uh there's a lot to chew on here. A shout out to our friends at Summit Orthopedic. So I mean, if you are dealing with pain or an injury, I guess it's sort of fitting on uh, on today's show. If you're dealing with any type of pain, ankles, neck, back, spine, whatever it may be, no referrals are needed, and Summit Orthopedics offers same-day appointments. If you're really hurting, they also offer walk-in orthopedic urgent care starting at 8 o'clock in the morning all the way until 8 p.m., 25 locations in the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota, and they have over 150 expert physicians you can tap into Learn more at summitortho.com. That's summitortho.com. So we have Packer Ventline, by the way, which we're going to get to. You know, there's not, nothing like. Uh... Again, should have been glorious. Like, like it should have been. <laughs> it, it we we could have led this show with that. <laughs> yeah, we, so we will get to Packer Ventline. At some point, I have put together a list of 11 quarterback options outside the organization. Oh, you dog. If you decide that you want to go beyond Jaron Hall, Nick Mullins, and Sean Mannion, we'll get to that whenever you guys want to, but I think just let's just broadly ask this question to sort of start the deep dive. What is the first thing you do today? What is the first big conversation you have today? How do you, you've got this knot that you're trying to untangle now in the next 24 hours. Where do you start today? I think what you have to do is you have to sit everybody who matters down first. Um, and I think where you have to start is, do we trust the quarterbacks that we have in-house? Um, now, now, it's less than ideal for sure, but let me say this. So I'll defend the Vikings a little bit here. Um, first of all, the fact that um, the fact that Mullins is hurt is now an issue because I saw some comments last night about, well, you know, the Vikings weren't prepared for this, blah, blah, blah. Well, first of all, I'll defend him. First, Kirk Cousins doesn't get hurt. Like, like you can't assume he's not going to. But he, for the most part, you could at the start of a season, and it's incredible how long, uh, you could pencil in Kirk Cousins as, as your starting quarterback. And among quarterbacks in this league, he would probably be number one in durability expectation. Yeah, Mullins was obtained because last year in training camp, um, Sean Mannion was so bad. And because the backup QB situation was so bad that he's a guy who's got starting experience. It's not a ton of it, but he has enough where it's like, okay, this is a backup. This is what teams ordinarily have. Like it's, it's the rare, it's the rare team that, that has Gardner Minshew who can come off the bench for Richardson with the Colts when he gets hurt. And so I think the Vikings are in, in a position where if Mannion's back is going to be healthy, there's probably going to be a long discussion about, can we get by with Jaron Hall for a week? If Mullen's and, back, Mullen's back. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. If if Nick Mullen's Just to back, Mannion. I know he's on the practice yeah, squad. We, yeah. Does anyone? Did he, I say Mannion? Yeah, Freudian yeah, yeah. slip. So I mean, okay. Freudian slip. Let Thank you very much. Okay. Okay. So if Nick Mullen's back is going to be okay, he is. He has to sit out one more game because they did IR him. But if he's prepared to return for the Saints game, I think there's going to be a long conversation about that. I think this easy thing of we'll go out and get a quarterback, they'll explore that. But I'll say the same thing I said yesterday, which is 
a quarterback who comes in is going to have to either learn the system or O'Connell's going to have to tweak his system to fit what that QB does. And we're eight games in. Sam Bradford came on at the start of a year. This is eight games in. And so I think that I, I, I personally think that's going to be their discussion. Now, if I was to peel this back more and say, what would Judd's ideal discussion be? I do think that you have to talk about, do we want, do we have enough to try to make a run without Kirk Cousins playing, which is an enormous loss. But the reality is this, the more I think about this, I don't think that they are going to entertain, you know, trading off Daniil Hunter or hell KJ Osborne. Yeah. Because, because when you see what O'Connell has tried to, to do with the culture, um, and yes. you see how the players have rebounded and believed him. Like, like he was, he was selling hope at zero and three at one and four. He is selling nothing more than a pipe dream of, I think we're better than this. And the players are like, yeah, we do too. But how do you now on top of cousins being hurt, go in and say, boys, sorry, we're stripping it down business wise. I think it makes sense. No, but from you've... a human perspective, You've set a culture. If you do that, you just blew up an entire year and a half of culture setting. Yeah, that is you, you've you've nailed exactly where I landed on this waking up today, which is because because, you know, you could make a strong case just if you zoom out from what's happening in the locker room. If you're just going to be 30,000 foot front office guy for a second, say hey, it's my job to look out for the next three to five years. I'm not as concerned about what's happening in week eight of the current season here. Now that Kirk Cousins is out, you could look at this and say, hey, even if we do find another four or five wins, nothing's going to happen in the playoffs. And so if nothing's going to happen in the playoffs, guys, we need to get some draft capital here. And we think we can get a second round pick for Daniil Hunter, who we think is going to leave us in free agency here. Like from a roster management, asset management standpoint, you can make a very strong case you got to trade Daniel Hunter now in the next 24 hours. Mm-hmm. I have moved off that for the exact reason you just said. I think you have to – you cut Kevin O'Connell's legs out from underneath him and all the work that he's done to get this team to buy in. If you if you trade Daniel – if you fire sale in the next – and by fire sale, I mean like trade three starters. You know, K.J. Osborne being sort of a fringe starter, right? So I think what I do is – I keep Daniil Hunter through the deadline. Now, if a team comes in and blows me away and says two first-round picks, we know you're not going anywhere and we're desperate, two first-round picks. Okay, there is, there is a point where I have to entertain a trade here, a selling trade in the next 24 hours. But I would, I would at this point keep Daniil Hunter and look to extend him sometime before the league year starts in March on like a three-year top five at his position deal because... Mm-hmm. What changed yesterday was, I think there was, boy, if they win that game yesterday and Kirk Cousins comes out healthy, we're probably talking more about an extension for Cousins in a few months from now, the way this was headed, right, for big Good money. Point. Great point. Now, I think, and it sucks the way that it happened, you don't want a guy to be suffering a torn Achilles tendon in a situation like this, especially a contract, you know, he's made enough money, but, like, it's a contract year for him. But he, but your quarterback unless you trade for a Kyler Murray, which we'll get to that whole list, your quarterback probably won't be expensive for the next three to four to five years, right? Like I would say it's, it's more likely that you're going to have a cheaper quarterback the next three to five years than it was 48 hours ago or a year ago. And so with that, I have a little bit more leeway from a cap standpoint 
to maybe pay for a 29, 30-year-old Daniil Hunter at the top of the market. I'm not giving him a no-trade clause because if I have to move him in a year, if the team's not that good and you think you can get a second-round pick for him. But like that's kind of where I'm at today in terms of buy or sell. If you want to trade Ezra Cleveland because he got Dalton Reisner, that's great. But I am not looking to cut the legs out from underneath what Kevin O'Connell has built culturally off of this three-game winning streak and off the 13 wins. Like He has proven enough coming back from an 0-3 hole to keep, to keep building this thing from a human standpoint. And the business aspect to, to that, because just from a straight initial viewpoint, it would be, well, business-wise, it, it makes sense to make trades. The business aspect of the culture thing is if you do this and you and you basically say, screw it, and hit the detonate button, you affect your future as far as free agents go. Like right now, guys want to come here, which is a selling point. I mean, it, that's big. Guys want to play here if you're going to pay them, and the reality is this: if you are the if you're the team that says screw it, we're done. Guy, uh, guy, players talk to players, and so they're going to say, "Man, you know, O'Connell told us this, and he lied because he'll be blamed, right or wrong. He'll be blamed if they if they trade Hunter today and the, or tomorrow by tomorrow, and they trade Cleveland and they start to make a bunch of moves. It's going to be the head coach told us this, and he wasn't being truthful. So there is actually a business reason." not to do this. Nonetheless, if I was to have a hot take today, it would be this. I think the activity of the next 24 hours will probably be the single most important decisions made by by the Wilfs, and probably more importantly, as it falls on them, by Quazy and uh, by just the virtue of he's the coach, O'Connell, that happens within their four-year contracts here. Yeah, I think this is going to be the most important because this will, whatever you do has the opportunity to impact this franchise going forward with their grand plan. And that is the one thing that going into the game on Sunday, you could have never seen coming. Yeah. Just real quick, some people, uh, obviously, like this is a, a very, I would say, contentious football topic, like the Daniil Hunter thing. For people pushing back saying this would be a massive bungling of asset management if you were to not trade Daniel Hunter over the next 24 hours, which I've been all for since last league year. Like if you're not going to, if you're not going to do this thing long-term, then you need, you, you can't just like let him walk in free agency for a 2025 third round comp pick. You know, what would you say if they let it ride with Daniel Hunter, they don't make the playoffs and now they're just stuck in, in middle land. Cause that's, I mean, that's the likely scenario. We're basically saying, hang on to Daniel Hunter. I'm saying, explore an extension for the sake of preserving a culture that's being built because I think the value of the culture that's being built is worth more than like the second round draft pick you may get for Daniel at this point. And my opinion was different three weeks ago because I didn't know they were going to rattle off three straight wins, one against the 49ers. What's your response to it? My response yesterday would, would have been trade him. And my initial response was get what you can for guys, peel the pieces off because I don't think this team with, you know, I don't think there's a quarterback out there that you're going to bring in that is now going to lead you on a substantial playoff run, potentially to a Super Bowl. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, and when I watched O'Connell and, and the locker room, and I mean, guys were basically in tears. O'Connell's voice is quivering. Like, like that in no way, shape, or form was, and I don't blame him one bit, so this is not a criticism. I just want to be clear on that. Uh, O'Connell's voice in that post-game speech or his post-game press conference was not him. Like, this guy is among 
the most dynamic public speaking coaches I've heard. He owns the room. And that's not to say he didn't yesterday. It is to say you could see how shaken everybody was. And I just don't know how you go back in that room on Wednesday and say, sorry, guys, our GM tore it down. I just don't yeah, know dude, how you I do know. that. And and this sucks. I'm not saying this. I'm Believe me, folks, I, this sucks. And And if it was in my personal purview and I didn't care about things like culture and how people felt, I would trade guys. Um, in fact, that that would be for anyone out there, and I'm sure there's a bunch of people in the comments right now saying that's the smart thing. You, you're probably right. But how do you sell that? How do you frame that when this team has fought back? If this team has, has two wins right now and Kirk gets hurt, this is the easiest decision on the face of the earth. It's the winning streak. It's everything they've done to come back that makes this so convoluted and difficult. And at the end of the day, you're dealing with human beings. Yeah. All right, Dex, are we wrong or is it, are we overreacting? Are it, we being too sentimental? It feels uh, a lot like I'm, I'm a, I love The Godfather. It's one of my all-time favorite mo- movies. And it, this feels much like a meeting of the five families right now. Like Sonny just got gunned down in a toll booth and we need to figure out a good like peace treaty going forward because we can't continue down the path that we're on. Um, personally, I would let this ride. I wouldn't be selling off pieces. I wouldn't be looking to mortgage future assets to put a Band-Aid on a thing that is probably not going to also spring you forward enough in the NFC. You know, Jaron Hall, and I know we're going to get to a list of options here. Jaron Hall is a rookie quarterback who is surrounded by a lot of weapons, by a good line, who's been in the system here for the last eight, uh, last three or four months. I would rather you do that. I'd rather you see what you got in a rookie quarterback, which is something that this podcast has talked about a lot of drafting a rookie quarterback and having a rookie quarterback under contract. You've seen plenty of examples of guys stepping in that were day two or three picks in the last four or five years that have come in and have played very well from Brock Purdy's to Jalen Hurts to Dak Prescott's. It's possible. So instead of mortgaging future assets and instead of selling off assets after an important win streak, I personally would let this ride. See what you got. You're still going to have a pretty favorable schedule here for the next month. And I don't think it's worth giving up assets or selling off pieces just because you got to look for 2024 and ahead. Yeah. And like so much of football, this is again, if they lose yesterday and and they're three and five, maybe that's the maybe that was the loss that just nudged you in a different direction here. But so much of football is culture building and getting 53 guys and an organization to sort of believe. I mean, look at the Steelers for fit. The Steelers have no business being above 500 this season with yeah. some of the stuff they're putting. They're literally in like that. That's sort of a, well, what's the way that crazy phrases it uh, competitive rebuild. I feel like the Steelers have been in that since Ben Roethlisberger retired. And you could argue that maybe the Steelers should get out of the middle lane and just be a four win team for one year. But I don't know. I think I, I do believe that, there is value in the culture. And so it is probably a mistake to not do something with the Daniil Hunter asset, which is why I'm saying, okay, then get an extension done because then at least you keep the asset in house for another sure. year or two. You can still move him before he's at the end of that contract if you needed to, but at least you're like, you're hanging on to an important piece of the puzzle, either for yourself because he's really good or for a trade chip going into like, you know, the 2025 draft or something. But yeah, it is, uh, it is, it would be really hard to walk in that room with those guys believing a hundred percent they can move forward and say, sorry, we're taking away, we're taking away the best player on maybe one of the best defensive players in the NFL. I, I don't know. 
Well, and and if you do that now with a four or with a uh, three game win streak and back to four and four, I mean, Brian Flores has done a done a great job, and it's hard to take him out at the knees at this point. Um, the the other thing is so so here's where I think the conversation might go from from the people at the top who are savvy here, the Brzezinski's and probably Quasi. Okay, so one is if this team is going to win games now. The offense certainly, I'm not trying to say, won't be important. But we're now pivoting almost to the defense. It's going to be equally, if not more, important. Um, and and Flores, you know what? He gets full credit, man. I mean, we all knew Ed Donatel didn't do a good job. We didn't know just how bad he was until Flores came in with this scheme and basically a lot of the same people and, and was like, hocus pocus, here's what we're going to do here. Here's what we're going to do there. Credit to him. He deserves everything he gets. But the other, from a quarterback standpoint, you know, the in, the interesting thing is this, to Declan's point. You could just say, you know what? We're going to ride with Jaron Hall. We're going to see. Because he might take you right down the drain. You have no idea. He might be Brock Purdy. He also might be a Spurgeon win. Yeah. You get to find out, though. You get mm-hmm. to find out. Right. But if you lose, if you start to go in the crapper, you can be say, hey, you know what? This is This was our plan. And, and the players can't say... That's BS. Now, we also could turn to Mullins, who I think might give you more of a competitive chance if, if Jaron Hall is just not ready. Nick Mullins might make it look better, but I think he would also lose games. So the point is this. Sticking with the status quo might get done what you want to get done from a win wins-losses standpoint. Sure. Uh, but But you can sell it. I think this comes down to a very simple question. What could count uh, a day after the deadline on Wednesday when the Vikings regroup and Kevin O'Connell has to walk into that meeting room and tell the players what's what? I think you can sell, hey, guys, look, we believe in you. We didn't make trades. Kurt's out. That sucks. Uh, but we are going to ride on Sunday with Jaron Hall. And after that, it's going to be one of the two guys in-house. This is our bleeping team. I think athletes will buy that. Mm-hmm. I also think there might be some very smart folks who think, if this doesn't go well, it could be a disaster. And if it's a disaster, that's not the end of the world. Yeah. If you finish with six wins because Jaron Hall can't play, okay. You know, then it, then then at least you're in a position where instead of you didn't get the draft capital you would have by training a couple guys, but now at least you're drafting closer to being able to take a Michael Penix or something, exactly. you know, ninth or tenth in the first round. So Oof, the comment section is ablaze. Uh, we see the debate sort of raging here. You know, it's I don't know how you can wake up today and just have full clarity on what the exact right path is because there's so many different doors to open here. And mm-hmm. the other thing too is we don't know what the Daniel Hunter offers are yet. And the and the real offers probably don't come in until tomorrow, right? The hey, we got two hours left. What's your actual offer for Daniel Hunter? I'm sure they're gonna field some of those phone calls. I do have a list of 11 quarterback options outside the organization if the Vikings were to explore someone other than Nick Mullins, Jaron Hall, that I want to throw at you guys, and we can dive into this thing. We have Packer Ventline, but a shout-out to our friends at Quick Trip here, Judd. It's a great day to uh, get out there, enjoy some fall weather, and enjoy some Quick Trip convenience. Let's go. Thank you, Quick Trip. Absolutely. And Quick Trip, they've got everything that you could possibly want. Breakfast, lunch, dinner uh you can go there for a snack you can go there and get your gasoline look, look quick trip 
Quick Trip not only is a one-stop shopping, but also they want to make you a winner. How about this one? With the Vikings Opening Drive Contest, purchase any pothole pizza or 20-ounce Pepsi-Cola product with Quick Rewards to enter. Purchase both products together with Quick Rewards and receive 10 bonus entries. One weekly winner will receive a $10 gift card for every yard gained during the Vikings Opening Drive. If the Vikings get a field goal on that drive, the winner will earn an additional $500 Quick Trip gift card. If the Vikings score a touchdown on that drive, the winner will earn an additional $1,000 quick trip gift card weekly winners have a chance to win up to two thousand dollars in quick trip gift cards all weekly winners will also be entered for a chance to win a grand prize that is a pair of 2024-25 viking season tickets free fuel for a year from quick trip a total value of five thousand five hundred dollars just go to quicktrip.com slash sweepstakes for details quicktrip.com slash sweepstakes for full details heck yeah uh also a shout out to our friends at federated mutual insurance company you know, the, uh, the Purple has one of the best offensive lines in the NFL so far this season, according to several different measurements. And uh, Federated's like having a great offensive line for your business. If you're a business owner, and if you are like a next-generation business owner, maybe you've, maybe you've recently taken over a company from your family or you're set to. Federated specializes in working with business owners just like you. And you can find a full list of industries that they also specialize in over at federatedinsurance.com. We appreciate their partnership over the years here on Purple Daily and across the Score North network of podcasts. Uh, So check them out, federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines, and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Okay, you guys want the list? Well, let's do it. This is highly speculative, obviously, so I feel like we should put the umbrella. Reckless speculation. So this morning... Quasi's trying to figure out where do we go. He's meeting with Kevin O'Connell. I'm sure Kevin O'Connell is saying, hey, let's pump, let's pump Jaron Hall's tires. I'll spend a bunch of time with him. Kirk can be there to consult with him. But Quasi's going to lead that meeting and say, I am going to make some phone calls. I am going to send some text messages and just see kind of what's out there. So I have taken a list of 11 options here and broken it up into categories. Okay, you guys can jump in here and discuss any of these names that tickle your fancy. Well, the- the first category is shoot your shot. Mm-mm-mm. We'll start with Tom Brady, TB12. Tom Brady retired for the second time. There's been some rumors about maybe the Raiders because Josh McDaniels, right? Well, he's buying a piece of them, but it's not official yet. So, because you can't obviously yep. participate in the league if you own a piece of a team, but yep. he doesn't have the piece of the team yet, right? He's yet to start the Fox whatever, eight, 10-year contract. Yeah. So he's just kind of out there chilling. I don't know if he's throwing a football, but Tom Brady, do you make an actual push to bring Tom Brady in here? Now, people have pointed out he's got family from Minnesota, northern Minnesota. Yeah. You know, now his kids are going to school, not in Minnesota right now. So, but it's indoors. It's half a season. It's a good offensive line. It's some of the best weapons he would ever, especially when Jefferson comes back, that he would ever be surrounded with. Kevin O'Connell was a teammate of his back in 2008 in New England. Yeah, because of that, call? because of that, I think they shoot him a text. 
In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if KOC yep. shoots the text. Yeah. Hey, what's up? What's up with you? What's going on? So, um, so yes, I, I, I shoot him a text. Do I think it's a pipe dream? Absolutely. I, I, it feels like he has, from what I've read and ascertained, it feels like he has gotten uh, some inquiries already this year and said, no, thanks. I'm done playing. Uh, he's been on his couch. I'm sure he's in great shape, but he's still not playing football. Do I text him? Absolutely. Why not? Uh, but if but if that if I think that's happening, uh, yeah, not so much. Dex, do you make the call? You make the text? No, I I I don't, I don't think that this is uh, much of a good idea at all. Even though he's the greatest quarterback of all time, no, I I don't think that this would work. I would uh, I'd pass on to the next option here. Yeah, he's four. He's forty six. Yeah. He's, who do you think? Okay, here's another question. I, I, I for sure send a text message and just kind of feel it out. I don't call him because I don't think no, he's not going to answer. He, he might not even have Kevin O'Connell's number, you know, Quasi's number. Who this? So just shoot him a text, see what's happening. He gets a text. Who, who this? Who do you think has the best chance? If you give Tom Brady two weeks, right? Hey, Jaron Hall's going to start this week against the Falcons, but you get, so you get the two weeks to sort of figure out what system we're going to run here. Get your body back into whatever shape it can be in. Who would you trust the most to get the Vikings the furthest? A 46-year-old Tom Brady, Jaron Hall, or Nick Mullins? Oh, God. Um, I would have to see what type of shape Tom is in, like to play football. Like, I I don't know. Like his, uh, But I would say if Tom Brady can still play, even at 46, I I for sure trust him more than Hall because Hall is a complete unknown. I mean, this is a this is a fifth round pick, and I know Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy. I understand that, okay, but that's not the norm. No. Uh, uh, so, and Nick Mullins is a journeyman. I, I mean, he is he is now the definition of a journeyman backup quarterback type. So I actually probably tr- trust Brady more, but I just don't think Tom's coming back at 46 and I I think if you send Tom a text you might as well send one to Hattiesburg Mississippi too because there's probably about <laughs> he as can much use the chance, good PR right he now could. So. there's probably about as much of a chance of the 53 year old or no he's 54 now happy birthday Brett gunslinger coming back okay I uh I would also put one more guy on the shoot your shot list he's 34 years old he hasn't played in five years Andrew Luck you should have texted shoot a text to, to skinny Andrew Luck I was oh. gonna say, dude, he is he would he would break in half. The last time I saw he looks like he weighs about a buck sixty. Yeah, he I think he peaked at like two twenty or two thirty. He was a like a big, big mm-hmm. strapping quarterback and he looks one eighty now, you think? Like he's in, below two hundred for sure. Yeah. I mean that's, I might yeah. shoot him a text and just see like, hey, you know, I you see you out there with those high school kids, you know, he's coaching. And, high oh, school. by the way, by the way, how would you like to come work with Ryan Grigson again? Yeah, the GM that uh assembled the worst <laughs> offensive line in Colts history that Made you quit football? He's exactly. our assistant, but we can we can fire him. We can fire him. You know, oh would you God, fire yeah. Ryan Grigson to take a flyer on Andrew Luck? Okay, so those are the, that's the shoot your shot. You know, people are throwing Tom Brady out. Whatever. Okay, trade for a wily vet is the next category, and this is yep. where it's like, how much capital do you want to give up to keep pushing forward this season? I'm going to give you three names in the trade for a wily vet category. These guys are all 35 or 36 years old. Mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill. Will Levis just started yesterday and threw four touchdown passes. So I think the Ryan Tannehill, who's a, he's a free agent at the end of the season. I think the Tannehill era is over yep. in, uh, in Tennessee. Matthew Stafford, 
So they just got smoked by the Cowboys. I think he got banged up in that game, too. Thumb. So, yes, okay. he hurt his thumb. So he's 35 years old, $31 million base next year, and the rest is sort of yeah. like bonuses and non-guaranteed stuff beyond that. So you'd be signing up for like a year and a half of 35-year-old Matthew Stafford. And then uh, Andy Dalton, 36-year-old Andy Dalton on a cheap contract who can still win some games. Tannehill, Dalton, Stafford in the trade for a Wiley vet bin. Okay, so Stafford's out uh, because you'd be inheriting a contract. The one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to play around with salary cap problems, okay? So, like, this is where I'm drawing a line at, I'm going to give my team a fair chance, and, oh, by the way, now we have more salary cap problems. Last thing this team needs with Derisaw coming up next spring and Jefferson having to get done. Uh, So I'm out Mm -hmm. on Stafford just based on his contract alone. Don't, Don't even care about him. Contract, bang, he's out. Yep. Um, Tannehill, as you said, is in the last year of his contract. Now, I would have to see. I think they have about, if I'm not mistaken, I think they have about seven to eight million dollars to play with currently with their cap. But is Tannehill like depending on the price too? What's the upgrade there? He's, he he wasn't. Well, I mean, he wasn't playing. He'd be an upgrade over Jaron Hall, probably. Right, but I'm just saying. Know. Is but is that the upgrade? See, if I'm going to make this move. I'm making this move with with if I'm going to make a trade or sign a guy, but especially a trade because then I then now I'm giving up assets. Uh, so especially a trade, if I make a trade, I am essentially saying I think that you can lead us to the playoffs and into the playoffs on a run. I don't think Tannehill does that, um, so I'm probably out on him as well. The Dalton one intrigues me a little bit more. I think this one intrigues me the most. I don't know his f- familiarity with O'Connell's system, but my God, this guy's played in more systems than almost yeah. anyone playing right now. Yeah. And I think and I think you could get him at a relatively cheap price. So so if we're doing a bin of like definite no's and yeah, stick him in the bin of potentials, uh Dalton would be in my bin of potentials if that's the route that you're going to take. Yeah, I like I like the red racket as an option here. I wouldn't hate it. Uh, of all these options, it's probably the one I like the most. I think Ryan Tannehill is just absolutely cooked. Um, Matthew Stafford, I just I don't know uh, what the financials could be, what they want to do with him. Yeah, he won a Super Bowl a couple years ago, but like as Justin, you know, he's a thumb issue. Like Matthew Stafford, you talk about being made of glass. Like he's had just about every injury there possibly is at this point. So outside of Andy Dalton, who probably gives you a little just more insurance, I guess, in the quarterback room and just a, a good Wiley vet that's been able to make spot starts since leaving Cincinnati and has turned himself into a really nice career, I think Dalton's probably really the only one that I'd be interested in there. I do wonder, you know, Bryce Young is developing. You got to think that they like having Andy Dalton around in the room. It, it would take something of substance, like a third or a fourth round pick, I would think, somewhere in that category either this year or next year to even get a guy like him. Um, I, I do think Tannehill and Dalton are interesting, sort of just like cheap one-year options that don't cost you anything really beyond 2023. So I would be interested. I'm not trading like a second-round pick for one of those guys. But I would be interested in if your goal is to win games. But the, see, this is where like, Kind of like the idea of just throwing Jaron Hall out there, man. Yeah. Sink or swim. If he swims, awesome. Maybe you just found your Brock Purdy or whoever, right? But if you bring in an Andy Dalton or a Ryan Tannehill, it's just destination nine wins no matter what. 
and then an open book after the season, like I earn like you know, a blank canvas, I should say. So those guys are upgrades over what you have on the roster, but what's what's the point is sort of my right. And I'm not, and I am not trading anything more than a, a day three pick for what you just. So like if yeah. Carolina's like, well, Dalton's done great, you know, we would need a third. I because I think we discussed this last week. The Vikings don't have a third round pick in 2024. Yeah, you know, so give us your third round pick in 2025. That's a big time no. I'm giving you a late round pick, or I'm hanging up the phone. Okay, the next category is, by the way, I I counted, there's actually 12 quarterback options on this list. I said there was 11. There's 12. It just keeps going up. There's 12. There might be 15 by the end of this. I feel like it started at 10 pre-show, and now it's like a 12. It's going to be And that's not counting Brett Favre that you threw on the list. Maybe it's 13 now if we count the 54-year-old gunslinger. Could I still throw? Maybe. Maybe. you, You know the scary thing? I'm sure he can. He can't. He, he moves worse than Aaron Rodgers two months after Achilles yeah. surgery. Yes, Kirk but, would be able to move better in the pocket right but now. But if you just put the offensive line around him like as a shield the whole time, <laughs> fine. He, the slinger could still get the gunslinger <laughs> could still get the ball out. Okay, the next category is trade for your new franchise quarterback right now. Two names on this list. Uh-huh. I'll put Trey Lance on here. Just you know, he wouldn't for sure be your franchise quarterback, but the idea would be you trade for him. Yeah, you throw him in the fire. He's got another year left. So you get like a year and a half to sort of test drive Trey Lance and Kyler Murray. Twenty six years old. He's coming off the ACL re- recovery. He's ready it's to. Popular. He's back at practice now. Yeah, and he's sort of week to week in terms of when they're going to activate him. So his contract is kind of weird in that it's actually not as big of a contract as some of the other big ones that have come here in the last couple of years. It's mostly guaranteed through 2025, but I don't believe he'd be one of the five highest paid quarterbacks right now. Now that Burrow has signed a contract and Justin Herbert, like it's kind of coming down the the ladder a little bit. And then he's got a lot of those, what I would call Kirk Cousins clauses where a year and a half before, like the league year of 2025, his 2026 contract is guaranteed, right? So you can kind of go year to year on it after like 2025. Trey Lance or Kyler Murray? Would you trade for your new franchise quarterback? Okay, Kyler Murray's a popular one. I, I've seen it a bunch on Twitter. I've seen it in our comments right now. Uh, let me be very clear about this. Absolutely no. I de- it would be such a panicked move to go get a guy who I frankly don't trust. Like, what makes what makes us think that Kyler Murray is going to find the, his football equivalent of Jesus? here like this guy there are so many question marks it's very apparent the cardinals are looking to move on he's he's supposed to be a franchise qb um now are the cardinals at fault somewhat absolutely but kyler murray i am not i am the commitment (laughs) that i would be making right right then and there and filled back to your point the one thing that kirk getting hurt does is it sort of um it sort of moves you on from well He's certainly not going to get a big contract from the Vikings. And so now you do have more contractual freedom. Like this is your, as bad as this is right now, this is your reset. And is your reset going to be Kyler Murray, who we know for a fact, you know, waits for the video games to come out? I can't even remember the name of the games. That's how little I care about the video games. What does he play? Is it uh, Call of Duty? Dex knows. Is it Call of Duty? Okay. COD. 
COD. Yeah, there, so there, I'm, there was the lineup sorry, of double XP weekends and Cardinals games and every right. every COD double XP weekend, if you're unfamiliar with double XP, which means you get more XP to like upgrade your guy and your character. Those were like always Cardinals losses. So if you play more hours during those weekends, you get you attribute more points. You attribute more more things like make your upgrade your character with better guns, better apparel, better certain things. Yeah. So he was more interested in staying up till two o'clock in the morning. I'm just speculating yeah. here. Two. I've been up till I mean, four. five o'clock. I played six, never I, sleeping. I played PGA Tour till like one thirty on Friday night. So I mean, I can't really fault a guy at this point. But um, yeah, I. No, but I'm you're not, not supposed to be trying to learn the Score North playbook, my friend. Not yet. Not not at Friday. Not Friday nights. Friday nights are are out there. So, Kel, Kel, Kel said, "Are you doing a wild podcast on Friday?" I was like, "It's Friday night." No, I'm not doing a wild podcast you know tonight. It's it's my Tuesday off day for Kirk. <laughs> Just gonna say that. Um, oh, and on Trey Lance, no, right now because I'm not going to acquire a QB who I would need to develop and throw him into a fire that he does not understand. So like he's not my short he's not my You need a full off season to really if, yes. if you're going to take a run at him it's right a project. it's a Yeah. Yeah, Kyler dude, I he's so talented. And he he's mobile, he's talented. He's got a bigger arm than you would think for a guy that's like 5'10", you know. Yeah. And he's super dynamic and I will even I will even defend him in that he kind of got Cliff Kingsbury was a fraud at Texas Tech. Cliff Kingsbury in that documentary with Johnny Manziel. So he was the offensive coordinator at Texas A&M for one of the Johnny Manziel years. And he's basically like, hey, you know, we, you know Johnny liked to party. We just kind of let him do it every once. Like just yeah. no structure, no discipline. Cliff Kingsbury is a fraud of a head coach. I think Kevin O'Connell has a little bit more substance. So I do think working with KOC would benefit Kyler Murray. But you don't get you don't get like the four or five years of rookie scale contract to see it through. It's like right away. Here he is. He makes $40 million a year or whatever it would be. I think I don't think you'd be hit with that much to the cap because they're on the hook for the signing bonus. They would trade him, and, they, and the signing bonus would be on their cap. Um, but I don't know that I'm giving up, like, a first or a second-round pick for Kyler Murray because he just the, – the video game stuff. Like, what are we doing here? You know? Yeah, and although there's questions about, you know, him coming back from his injury, the video game stuff, all that, all, all that noise, the Wilfs do love security. And like Kyler Murray's under contract, it's not as necessarily as big of an unknown as entering the rookie quarterback well. Like that that piece of it does, I think, entice potentially Quasey and the Wilfs. And I saw Diane Rossini said this morning that like Arizona's not interested in shopping him. They even expect him to play here in the next couple of weeks. But that part of it of him having be, having success early, him being under contract, I could see that being a reason why they'd be interested in it. Okay. Next category, trade for a capable body to sit behind Jaron Hall. So Jaron Hall would be the starter, and you would. I'll even say this: I'm going to put I'm going to put two trade options, and then one would be a signing. These would just be like they're backups, but they're veterans, and you could bring them in if if Jaron Hall sputtered, and they're probably better than Nick Mullins. You could debate that, right? Case Keenum who's currently Houston's third-string quarterback. The best year of his career was in that stadium, in this town. He, lo- he he was so devastated that the Vikings weren't interested in moving forward with him. Come back here, take over for the guy that took your job six years later, and make it right. Mason Rudolph, 
who took over. So he's Pittsburgh's, I think, third string quarterback now. Yeah. yeah. And he he was yeah. the one that he didn't he get bashed over the head yes. by Miles Garrett with, yes. his, with his helmet. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but he's a just a big dude, former third round pick out of uh, Oklahoma State. Started nearly a full season in place of Ben Roethlisberger a few years ago. He's a free agent after the year. He's a interesting talent. And then Colt McCoy, you wouldn't have to trade for Colt McCoy. He's just available. He's 37 years old, career backup. He did spend time with Kevin O'Connell in Washington, and he did visit for a workout like two weeks ago. Yep. Okay, so of that list, um, the only way I bring in Keenum is if he's going to start immediately because either the inherent pressure, like the fan, like I, if I'm going to start Hall, I, I don't want Case Keenum, who is a hero here, behind him and he doesn't know the system so no oh, yeah. case keenum i'm out on. it is funny that there'd be inherent pressure to start well, case keenum but i i think this would be, be the bringing, only place where that's true you'd be bringing in unnecessary i unless you think the keenum is just like like if he's gonna come in and start and get on another 2017 role great i think those days are probably past uh rudolph to me i mean he's third string in pittsburgh Nick Mullins, if he's healthy for the Saints game, is going to be the exact same thing. So that doesn't really intrigue me much. Uh, Colt McCoy, I believe Pro Football Talk reported uh, Florio last night that the Vikings had indeed reached out to Colt again. Uh, I think the reason, so this is just my guess. Uh, A couple weeks ago when they brought McCoy in and they brought uh, Sean Mannion in and they signed Mannion, I think they did that because of Kirk, because Kirk Mm -hmm. loves Sean and and Sean's a essentially an extension of, of a quarterback coach. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if Colt, if they brought Colt McCoy back in now and actually did sign him. And if they did that, it would indicate to me that they're probably planning to start uh, Jaron Hall yep. and, and that they yep. want McCoy be, because if you're going to plan to start Nick Mullins start uh, against the saints in a couple of weeks, you probably don't do this. But the only one on that list that I think is a viable Viking option is McCoy because of the the relationship he's had yeah. with Kevin O'Connell. Don't don't rule out the Case Keenum factor, not just because it's a great Hallmark movie potential situation here, but also Kevin O'Connell was Case Keenum's offensive coordinator in 2019 with the Redskins. Case oh. Keenum... And the Redskins of 2019, oh. KOC was the OC. I would not rule that out at all. Now that offense, I think, was like 32nd in the NFL. Yeah, and Dwayne Haskins pick for him was kind of a okay. mess. And but Case Keenum stepped in halfway through. But there's familiar. I wouldn't say it's complete unknown with KOC and Case Keenum. That is a okay. potential. That is a definitely a potential relationship. Unfor- unfortunately, uh, um. KOC did not see the version of Case that we did two years earlier. So that also might have soured him on, on the fact, because everybody kept trying to make Case Keenum happen after he happened here, and it's like, oh, oh, okay, yeah. No, we're back to him not really playing much at all. It's, it, is, it is interesting in terms of just coming in, knowing a system potentially. All right, and then the last category, there's two names here. It's, uh, the category is on the couch waiting for your call. And it's two guys, one that was an MVP of the league and another guy that finished third in MVP voting one time. So two guys that were among the best quarterbacks in the NFL at their best. I think I know who you're going to say. Mm-hmm. I think I know it. I Carson know Wentz and Matt Ryan. Oh, and you didn't even say the guy who... Philip Rivers? Uh, 
who led no 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 he's done who led the Baltimore Ravens Flacco to the Super Bowl oh, Joe Flacco he's on Joe his couch Flacco too? okay add a name we right? have th- we have, uh, Brett Favre Joe Flacco Joe Flacco we have, we have fourteen names Flacco okay. he's elite is he he's a free agent right now. Is I don't he? think he's with it. I don't think he's with the team now. Now, forgive me. Brandon. I could be totally I, dude, wrong. I, I am out on Joe. I was yeah. out on Joe Flacco when he won the Super Bowl. <laughs> so yeah, I think I'm. Out. You know like, what? That boy, they could they could have dominated the Super Bowl if Joe Flacco wasn't. That was um. He's dare I say typical Mackey. Typical Mackey. Uh, I am. What, what was wait? What was typical Mackey? You were out on Joe Flacco when when he went to, to oh. the Super Bowl. I said <laughs> that was typical Mackey. Hard no on Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. Especially Carson Wentz. That Dude, guy's a coach okay. killer, man. Coach killer. Okay. He, he has for me ruined the coach's <laughs> careers everywhere he has Agreed. gone. He's awful. He's not doing Who anything. There's a You're reason no anyone. one finds anybody. Who are you mad at? You're not fighting anyone. We agree on Carson Wentz, right? Oh, Can we, I, Judd, do you, oh, yeah. you disagree on Carson Wentz? No, I just love him. God. hate for him. It's just I outstanding. can't stand him. Okay. Oh. I am going to step in the ring just for a little sparring match here. Hear me out on Matt Ryan. Okay. 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 All right. Hear me out right. on Matt Ryan for a second. All right. So we think of him being this garbage quarterback last year, right? Well, Indianapolis, the culture was a cesspool for a couple years. I mean, Carson Wentz was there the year before. They've been ever since Andrew Luck. They had, that franchise was in a great spot with Andrew Luck, and then they just started churning through quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. There was dissent from. Like Jim Irsay overstepping as an owner, so there's just been a lot of weird stuff. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that one year in Indianapolis says that Matt Ryan's completely cooked. Mm-hmm. You could look at the last few years and say, well, he hasn't quarterbacked a winning team since 2017, including his Atlanta days. I'm not saying he's at age 38 or whatever he is that he would be like the prime Matt Ryan that we saw eight, ten years ago. But his best season came in the Kyle Shanahan system when he won the MVP yeah. and had a 28 to three lead in the Super Bowl yeah. in 2016, 17. He had ridiculous numbers that season. He's super familiar with the system and the structure and the language. And I think this would be the best car that he'd sit in in terms of receivers, offensive line, probably since that 2016 season in Atlanta. You got great wide receivers. You got a safety blanket tight end. You got an offensive line in front of you. You got a familiar system. Just saying, okay. And this franchise, I was born in the mid 80s. So I remember like early 90s going forward. This franchise is excellent at squeezing the last bit of toothpaste out of the tube for veteran quarterbacks that were once great in their heyday. Randall Cunningham. Well, yeah. Brett Favre. It's been a while, but yeah. No, I mean, not really. Like, it's. You know, I guess, I mean, Kirk Cousins has been the quarterback for six years, but right. they, they've gotten juice out of Gus Bradford. Farratt. They got juice out I mean, of I Sam Bradford, dude. Yeah. Bring, like, that wasn't that long ago. Case Keenum. Bring back Gus. Case Keenum. Br- bring back Gus Farratt. Um, yeah, no, that's, uh, no, I'm not going to. He Matt Ryan, I, I am guessing, is happily retired. He's probably making pretty good coin from CBS. Um I no, I th- he wants to play it. Yeah, didn't who has, reached he out? Has, didn't he has put it out that yeah. he's not retired yet? Oh, yeah. he's not retired yet. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. dude. He even called the first Vikings game, and they made a point to say like, "Not quite retired yet." But, oh God, uh, I didn't. I was at the game. So anyway, I, <laughs> no, I uh, I am going to if it's Matt Ryan or allow nature to take its course with what I've got. I'm taking Dorby. Okay. 
But that's just me. I mean, you don't think that, there's a magic a magic ride in a, a defense that flies no. around, offense with weapons. They just need someone to no, sit you know in what that I think car is, and knows Phil? what they're doing. I think there's eight to nine wins, and you're kicking yourself at the end of the year for giving yourself a chance to win games that basically got you nowhere. Okay. Matt Ryan could also accomplish what you want, which is he comes in, he Sucks. looks terrible, he can't move. <laughs> He gets well, yeah, sacked but... on every play, and they wind up losing to the Falcons or something. You know. You know what? I'm becoming more and more convinced that if I'm KOC, I will walk in there into the room on Wednesday and say, "Boys, we're going to ride with Jaron Hall." I'm convincing myself of this more and more because yeah. you can't you can't like refute it as being, "Oh man, you're being dis uh, you're going back on your word," and if it works, it's great. And by the way, you're going to get total credit for drafting him in the fifth round then and for developing him. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, you're like, it didn't work. And now we have a higher pick and, and we can actually uh, draft a quarterback probably because I do think that there's going to be enough QBs in this draft that if you have a decent draft position, you can probably grab one. The uh, Jaron Hall propaganda train will be released at about 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock Central Time <laughs> on Purple Daily on draft with Tyler Fornis, Miles Gorman, and um, myself. That's going to no. be a glorious episode. If you're looking for Jaron Hall positivity, I highly recommend Cheap Plug yeah. tuning into Purple Daily on Tyler's draft. been on Jaron Hall for like three years. Yeah. Yes. And he, was, he wanted the Vikings to draft him. They did. So we'll see. Uh, hey, we got some Packer vent line to get to here in the last few minutes before we say goodbye. Presented by our friends at Finch Home Solutions. Right, Good to have Cody Finch on. Write that Not down last week. Oh, okay, let's see the truck. Oh, now, now, first of all, Cody, wellness check. I hope you're okay because, yeah. I'm, as we all know, he is the biggest Vikings fan I think that we do know. And um, he's probably down in the Dauber today. But here is the good news. You can make Cody Finch's day. It's very, very simple. It's by calling Cody and his friends at Finch Home Solutions who love football and fixing any electrical problems in your home. And right now the football thing is down. But guess what? Their electrical expertise is not Cody Finch and his team come to your house. Fast, courteous, professional. I could go on and on. They've been to my house. You know what? They did the work. They did it fast. They were outstanding, and we talked some Vikings, too. So if you want to uh, contact Finch Home Solutions, 612-357-2604, or go to their revamped website, which allows you basically to put in all the information that you need to get a service call, and they'll fix things big or small, finchhomesolutions.com, finchhomesolutions.com. And remember, when they come to your house today or tomorrow to say, Sorry about the purple. This sort of stinks, right? Because Cody, I'm sure, is a little bit down today. Yeah. Also, a shout-out to our friends, too, at uh, Park Tavern, the official neighborhood sports bar of the sports dad himself, Judd Zolgad. Uh, absolutely. And you know what? If you are putting together a party, if you want to put together a party to watch the game of your team, or heck, right there, go bowling. Guess what? Park Tavern is the place for you. Uh, they can take groups, and I'm not talking groups of, like, 10, 15. If you have... 15 folks just show up park tavern's huge they can accommodate you i'm talking groups of like 60 I mean, you, should about... call, you should probably call ahead, <laughs> yeah, just call ahead. 15 don't call ahead for I 15 would, no would... cheryl my friend no, cheryl's like call don't call ahead. ahead for 15 have some my, courtesy no cheryl's always said we can handle 15 she scoffs at 15 you know why because they can take 60 <laughs> alumni clubs if you want to watch the game on saturday if you've got a team you tell park tavern they're going to get that game on and your entire group is going to love it and it's this simple go to parktavern.net parktavern.net Dot net located off Louisiana South in St. 
Lewis Park, my neck of the woods, the official bar of Sports Dad, or call them 952-929-6810. Reservations online. Uh, again, big groups, Park Tavern's got your back, parktavern.net. Uh, you know, the Vikings beat the Packers yesterday handily at Lambeau Field, which rarely happens. You rarely get a decisive, like, two-touchdown, three-touchdown win at Lambeau here. I know that the the mood was dampened after the game because of the Kirk Cousins injury, but that doesn't mean we can't check in, and I'll grab this one, Dex, here, on uh, what's happening inside Packersville. Let's hear how they're coping with... I think it's a fourth straight loss over across the border here on ESPN Milwaukee. They have now lost four in a row. Mark Tauscher, the show is yours. Um, This team had everybody back. Jair played. No excuses. And I thought this is the time. You're desperate you're in need to get something going, and if you want to salvage this season, you're back at home for the first time in 42 days. Tonight was the night. Today was the day, and it wasn't. And it's not because we stink. Mark Tauscher, coming to terms, former Viking. It's not because you stink. I think you do stink. I'm no, no, he this. said it's because we stink. Oh, I, I thought you said it's not because, okay. No, yeah, it's because they, we yes. stink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, the, uh, this is the Packers of the 80s, 70s, and 80s. They're funny. awful. Funny you bring that up. Go, Pack, go! Uh, the Packers lose 24 to 10. Line them up. You ready? Actually, hold on. I'm going to play this one. It's funny you bring that up. Yeah, this is the era of which you haven't had much experience. Uh, I had it back in the days when Bart Starr was the head coach, and I said I want them to lose every game. Because if they win games, then Bart Starr is going to stick around, and he's a bad coach. So we are now, that's all that's left of this season, is when Packer fans or how many decide. You want to lose every game because losing every game will address whether Lafleur's a problem whether Goody's a problem, and you get a better draft choice. Once you're to the point where the team is no good, you're better off losing every game. That's where they're at right now. Yep. With with, with almost no structure. That's the other problem. They've yeah, they have board. like a bunch, bunch of fans from, you know, Economawalk. Who show up for their board meetings you know what? or whatever? And I will buy. I will buy your stock fans today for a dollar a piece of paper. I will pay you a dollar. Let's buy low. Of, we should buy out, low on Packer Get out stock. from yeah. under oh. Packer fans. I will buy your stock a dollar, one dollar. Bertie Lauer, our sales guy, one dollar. He owns a piece of stock. Go, uh, the Packers lose twenty-four to ten. Line them up. You ready, Tausch? You can handle all the calls. We're ready, today. baby. Let's go. All right, uh, Jeff. Go. You're on 94.5 ESPN. This is the Green Bay Game Night. Hello? Yeah, Jeff. Millions are listening. (laughs) Hi, how are you? Terrible. Yeah, me too. So. Huh? What? Homer. I love Homer. Just a legend in Wisconsin. Homer kind of looks like Bernie Lauer, our sales guy. Like a shaved head version? Like a shaved head version. He kind of looks Homer like looks her. good. Yeah. 
He looks real good. I could see that. Let's check on uh, one more time here on ESPN Milwaukee. Go, Pat, go! What, you want Sean Clifford? Yeah. You want Sean Clifford in there to play? Yeah, yeah. That tells me you think Jordan Love stinks. No, I don't think he stinks. No, that is. Well, why else would you put him? Because I just kind of want to see what another quarterback would do. Because you think Jordan Love stinks? No, huh. that's the only reason you no, put him there. No, no, I just you don't want to see Jordan Love get better and better. Yeah, he can't get better. I'm only playing for one game, and then I'll put Jordan Love back in. I just want to see a day. Di- uh, that's. Let me tell you something. Yeah, you've had some really dumb. You've had really <laughs> dumb ideas. You've right. had genius ideas. Okay. I don't remember them, but you I'm think this is really dumb. This is incredibly stupid. Okay. Yeah, it's not even dumb. It's stupid. All right. Uh, yeah. David in okay. New York City. I uh, hope you're not as stupid. You're on 94.5 ESPN. Um, not that I would hope that Jordan Love would get injured, but the only way Taush won't say what I'm saying is incredibly stupid would be if he did get hurt. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know what to do with. Without Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, they're like, I don't know. Do we do we put the backup in now? What do we do? I, got, I don't know. I got bad news too. I don't think Jordan loves good at all. Like I think he's he not. Does, I think he does think some of those throws. And yeah, you know what? He's not throwing to the greatest receiving core. I totally get that. Uh, some of those throws though that were, I mean, you were you could have won that game. You had twenty one late points on the board, and you couldn't convert anything. Well, the I will say that the was it Reed, the receiver that. Uh, Metellus stripped the ball away from that can't happen. That's not Devonte Adams. Some of these receivers they've had before Jordy Nelson, right? They yeah. don't just let a defender rip a ball out of their hands. Like that was actually a good pass. And it was, but the fault. overall body of work from him was in at home was incredibly ponderesque in my opinion. In fact, it felt like a ponder type of game. Well, he made it some good throws. Much. Let's keep the good throws in mind. Let's yeah. just say he's not probably not good. Look at the film. Everything's easily correctable. That's so true. So, I don't know. We probably wind up with more questions than answers at the end of this episode here. But um, we gave you some ideas here, Vikings. Now, go make some phone calls. Go figure out what you're going to do for your future. So, also today on Purple Daily, uh, Before I Die, you guys are going to do a Before I Die episode. Declan mentioned Purple Daily on draft, which would be very heavy in the Jaron Hall breakdown and discussion. Our guy Alex Boone is going to break on film in the trenches with us tomorrow. So that'll be out. And uh, we'll just keep monitoring news and trade speculation here. Vikings are 4-4. Four and four. They've won three straight games. But uh, Kirk Cousins and the Achilles injury leaves a lot of questions here. So thank you guys for hanging out with us. If you haven't already, please click the, li- the like and the subscribe button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. And we will see you guys later today.